Catch DJ and PK 24-7 on Twitter. Now listen up. At David DJ James and at PK Kinahan. That's just how we roll. You're locked on to DJ and PK on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. <laughs> PK, sports radio came on came on the scene, and the standard was different than what you, as an ink-stained wretch for the watchdog, could print in the Salt Lake Tribune. True. You had to have... Well, there was no social media either. Right, and there was no social media. You had to have two sources. And you had to know what was going to happen. And you, mean, had to have it and you can locked, relate to that because you had told me, you down. know, basically in the mouths of two or three witnesses. Thank you, PK. You know, you, you had spent some time. And so I've, I've learned a lot from you in that regard. But go ahead. Yeah. Sports Talk Radio comes along. Here's the rumors. Here's what I'm hearing. Those expressions become acceptable, which helps you get to the news I believe. earlier. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I believe. Yeah. That was and now, the now it's social media. And I have to say, now you have people who have the old standard they want to adhere to, but they know the marketplace wants to know what people are thinking. It's juicy. How in the world do you nail that down? Because people are allowed to change what they are thinking. What someone is thinking on Monday is not necessarily what they're thinking on Thursday. And we could be talking about a player in free agency or a player demanding a trade. We could be talking about management, who they want to sign in free agency, who they want to draft, who they might be willing to trade. Uh-huh. So now we have a website. I don't go to a lot, but. <laughs> well, I'd never been there until the other day. Right. But we both found it over the weekend. ActionNetwork.com. Sounds good. League Intel on free agency in the draft with just 12 days before the NBA draft. That was printed on the 17th of July. Yes, it was. So, now we're so whatever was true on Saturday by Monday, has someone changed their uh, mind, maybe, right? Maybe so, but... And this is, this is what people write now. And I, and I got to say, I don't know who Matt Moore is, but I, I think he's being pretty upfront he's here. He's a backup quarterback in the NFL, wasn't he? Different Matt Moore. Oh, okay, okay, I didn't know. This is a report that doesn't tell you a whole lot. That's a heck of a way to start a report. <laughs> but I guess he's being, being honest. He's being honest, right? I'm passing it on as a sign that there is not a clear understanding of where Utah is at. Now, he recra- re- recaps Dennis Lindsay, transition to a console role with Justin Zanuck taking over. New ownership wants to be aggressive. Team's coming off the best record in the NBA, even if they lost disappointingly in the conference semis to the Clips without Kawhi. True. <clears throat> so now you get to this. Multiple league sources. Do you break out in hives at the thought of sources? It's the way of the world, man. Multiple league sources indicated this week that the Jazz were open to trade discussions. Which is not Do we need gutsy. sources? No. <laughs> but the next sentence is... Right. Uh, but can you imagine Justin Zanuck? I am not open to trade discussions. Leave me alone. Oh, that'd be huge. That'd be bigger <laughs> that'd news, be bigger news than news. being open, open. to. Right. Yeah. So here comes the, the meteor part. The consensus is that Derek Favors is not only available, but Utah's eager to move him to clear his roughly $20 million in remaining salary, including the $10 million player option for the 2022-23 season. Well, uh, yeah, this year and next year. This coming right. season and the year after. 
However, and that's not really surprising news. However, sources suggested that Bojan Bogdanovic and Joe Ingles were also bandied about as available if the Jazz could get a significant upgrade, which would be a major shakeup for the team, especially with Mike Conley headed to unrestricted free agency this well, it summer. Would, it would be. It would, I agree with that. It would be a major shakeup. Two executives flatly countered that this week, however, saying that the Jazz had indicated in no uncertain terms that they were planning to run it back. That's in quotes. Run it back with the core from this season. So Matt Moore writes, so which is it? Given the information, he says he'd lean towards the idea the Jazz are more likely to stand pat. Those things can change quickly if Conley moves on and Utah is forced to try and reconfigure the roster or if ownership increases its desire for aggressive moves. Well, uh, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff there. Yes, there is. I mean, and he says a more simplistic look might simply be that the Jazz intend to run it back unless an offer they can't refuse. Right. Good to have the Godfather mixed into this. Unless they get an offer they can't refuse coming along, which it most likely won't. I agree with that to an extent. But that see, if you're saying you get an offer that you can't refuse, that means somebody comes to you. And that could be very well the situation. But I also wouldn't discount that you are aggressive. Jay-Z is aggressive in talks himself. Now, nothing may materialize, but I can see the Jazz being aggressive rather than an offer I can't refuse mean you come to me, right? Mm -hmm. They come to me. The phone rings and you pick it up and, wow, really? I'm interested. Related personally, when I switch stations, that's what happened. I didn't seek it. Right. You told me, you have your phone! And you told me you leaned across the counter. You have your phone available today, because <laughs> you'd already That's true. Did, you'd already. And I'm like, whoa! I better have my phone available, <laughs> man. And I did exactly what you said. And they came, and we had discussions. And I didn't pursue it. It came my way, right? And but so they I made took you it, an obviously. offer you couldn't refuse. I took it, right? Yeah. And it was and other circumstances involved, keeping the brand together, blah blah blah. Whereas I could have sought it out, but I didn't. It was just. They came to me. I could see the Jazz doing both. If you come to me, I'll listen, but also Jay-Z seeking out ways. So both things, both sides of the equation here, not just one, but the two. And nothing may ever come from it in terms of trades and literal acquisitions and moves, but you still are aggressive going forward. It's interesting, you know, we're talking about Donovan Mitchell, He's the central figure of the franchise. Right. Uh, and he's the he's best asset they have, in my mind. Such and, an and incredible talent. Else's. Right. So, you know, he's only 24, mm-hmm. but he's signed for, what, four or five more years? So he's signed for five, right. but the fifth is a player right. option. Right, So locked in for four. But if we learned anything watching the NBA, James Harden was locked in until he wasn't. So you're on the clock because I really believe that he has a burning desire. And I know it's cliche and somewhat trite, and you can you say that about a million guys and all that stuff. But we're talking about him. And so, in a sense, they're on the clock with mm-hmm. him, right? Even though he's only 24 and you've got him locked down at least for another four, possibly five, you're on the clock. And we heard that Windhorse thing say Dwayne Wade, quote, seriously concerned about the long-term viability of keeping Mitchell here. Now, I don't know that that means in six years, or does that mean this year? I don't know. But I'm figuring Windhorse has established himself. He's not going to put his neck out there for no reason. I just, I have to, I have to believe in the institution of journalism to some degree. 
and and in this case, I do. Because well, you've also watched he, him for a long time, though, and it yeah. doesn't seem like he makes up a bunch of outrageous stuff right. and throws stuff against the wall to get attention. Doesn't need to do that. Right. So I have to believe there's some form of truth. To what degree, I don't know. But that guy, that man puts it out there, so I believe that. And it, ma- and it makes sense in that, okay, they're on the clock. Mitchell wants to win. He wants to win now. That's great. You want that to have happen. You want that in the individual, and that's what he has. So... You don't go crazy right now, but you are aggressive in all manners. And Locke brought up the idea of trading Ingles, so now that's two people who are throwing Ingles', Ingles name is out Ingles there. Ingles brought up the idea of trading Ingles at the, uh, on our show, I think it was at the start of this season. It may have been in a, in a, when we were in the bubble, but I don't think it was. But the whole timeline got messed up. I think it was at the, the start of this past regular season. And it was something about... I can't remember the conversation, but I think you were talking to him somewhere. You know, you're here, you're established, everything would happen. And he said, I'd love to finish my career here. <laughs> and he paused, but you never know with the trade. Because all these guys know how it works. Oh, yeah. yeah all yeah. these, you know, he's been on the bus and Exxon was gone. Well, very Crowder was a good teammate and he was gone. The whole time. Right. They all know. They see their teams turn over, whether yeah. it's them or somebody else, every year. Yeah. 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 So they all know the possibility. Especially there. if you're not the ultimate superstar of the team. Right. Those are the hardest guys to move and the guys who move the yeah. least often, although yeah. they move too, uh, so but less likely to. The, the thing about as I as I evaluate the Jazz is I think they need playoff improvement because they already pro- proved in my mind right. over its course of 72. So what do they need really to be better good. in the playoffs? Yeah, so what do they need? What assets do they need on their team that can make them better in the postseason? That's, that's a good spot to be in. They're not looking – they don't need massive improvement to get to four or to get to wherever. They need improvement to get to the finals, Western Conference, NBA. That's what they need. So they need to figure that out. And with that in mind, everything is on the table. And what can they do? And if they run it – run it back, I don't think they're going to run it back in its truest, purest form. You mean Everybody. Yeah, just take or just all these nine, nine guys. guys. Yeah, I would be very surprised if all nine guys were back in their same roles. That's that, would, to me. That's run it back. Okay, I would bet against that. But that and then you're not, not running a, it back. It's not a slam dunk. You're you're mostly running it back, but you're not running it back. Running it back to me means the nine guys that we saw. Okay, so what if there? But what if seven of the nine? Who played the biggest minutes come back? If the top seven are back, is that run it back? Sure, it's more more run it back. Right. But, I mean, are we looking at favors Niang and, and favors. Niang. Niang, Yeah, Niang and favors. Okay. I mean, the, the Jazz had their starting five, and they had the sixth man of the year, and Joe was the seventh man of the year, so we know who the seven are. All right. And for different reasons, if Niang moves on or favors moves on, it wouldn't be surprising. We can I would go be into less surprised, but I would still be surprised. Maybe surprised isn't the word. See, I think a lot of this hangs on, on Conley. I can see how yeah, that honestly. would yeah. that just would have to change management's outlook. Well, then you got to go get somebody Conley, to replace him, right? If Conley walks, you got to bring somebody to replace. Doesn't him. look like there's anybody on the roster to replace him, right? And so then, do you really have what you need? If you're really honest with yourself, are you real? And it's a long shot. If it's a long shot only, do you really have what you need to win it all? And if you don't, and these other guys are in their 30s, 
is it time to do a mini rebuild? Now, when you say rebuild, if you say rebuild about the Jazz, I assume you're moving Mitchell and Gobert, and I don't think that's happening. So, no, I don't think so it's time for that. So the mini rebuild, though, these guys who play the 30 minutes, handle the ball, have a lot of shots, and you're in your 30s, I get where if one of the guys in the 30s moves on, the other two. Now, the way this is written, well, if they have a chance to upgrade themselves, so how, you know, Right. I, I don't think they're so going to make a move that we would qualify as hitting a single if Conley's coming back. If you have a chance to hit a home run, well, of course you do. If some player who is really good, who we don't think is going to be available, all of a sudden comes available because, like you say, the phone rings, and they're like, hey, what about this deal? Justin's like, well, didn't think that was possible, but now that it is. Yeah, I don't know. That the home that. run deal can always happen, and I think that's why Joe comes on the air and says what he said months ago, whether it was 8 or 10 or 12. The home run deal can always happen, and everybody sitting on a 10 or $12 million contract is vulnerable to that. So I don't think they have a mini rebuild. I think the, the mindset is improvement. Yes. And so it's but not if, if Conley moves on and you trade two guys for some guy, we don't even know he's available. I mean, we're But it's improvement. It's not yes. rebuild. It's but it's also setting yourself up because to go back to what you said about on the clock with Donovan, I'm not of the mind, and you aren't either because you've gone nuts when people have said, oh, yeah, we get the, the grumpy people on social media. Donovan's just out of here anyway. Oh, stop it. That's just exhausting to consider every day. I mean, of course he's going to be out of here at some point. Stockton and Hornacek retired, and Malone moved on, and D-Will got traded, and Boozer left. I mean, it goes on. It happens. But he signed lockdown for four years. But you are on the clock because players do know how to leverage deals. And they should be on the clock. Right. So this in is... two years from now, whatever the pressure is now, yeah. in two years, it'll be great. That's why I don't think it's going to be a rebuild. It's going to be any move that is made is designed to forward, not regroup. Do you think they take have a to step go back? To get there in two years. Do you think they have to take a step back to no. take two to go forward? No. No. No, I think you can trade an over 30 guy for an over 30 guy if the second over no. 30 guy is you are making your team better. What, I don't know who yeah. those guys are, but no. To me, a rebuild, you know, we're going to go, we're going to get younger, and we're going to build through the draft, blah, 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 blah. We all know the storyline. I don't think they're anywhere near that. They could trade. They got three guys that are over 30, Conley, Bogey, and Joe, mm-hmm. right? And so they could trade. Um, um, and Conley could just walk uh, or you do uh, some form of sign trade, whatever. Any of those three can leave in any of the ways that players can leave today. And you could take back guys who are just as older because you're thinking that, we're in win-now mode, and they're going to help us. And That's I do why I don't think, think there's any yeah. form of mini-rebuild. They're not. I don't think they're thinking that. Okay, you so. got a 24-year-old beast. You're already young in that way. <laughs> yeah. And your two all-stars are, are ready to win now. Yeah, they and they're not even 30. Now. Right. So it is about today. Now, they owe the ownership and the stewardship of the franchise that Jay-Z has to not just go crazy and in and two years suck like the Bulls sucked after Jordan left, but Jordan gave him six, so you're willing to take that. They're not going to get that. So, I mean, that, that thing gutted it, and they sucked for a good while, and they barely have recovered 20 years later. True story.
You know, they've been had a, they had a moment flash or two. With Rose. Yeah. yeah, and then Rose got hurt and it all went away. Right, and they've just been think, sort of running in place since yeah, then. But they were, but they had six, so I'll an, give it them. It was you an give, awesome. You decade. give me six, then whatever you do for the next twenty years, who cares? You know, you still got six. They're not going to get six. Uh, but they're in a position, speaking of the Jazz, to where they're trying to get one now. So they will make moves designed to get one now. That's where they're at. That's where I believe that Jay-Z is at. And everything, not everything, but most of the stuff that he's doing is geared towards that, recognizing that they've got stewardship to keep this thing humming for many years to come, because I believe it's humming now. They didn't win the title, but only one team wins the title. But I still think they're humming. They're humming along in a good spot. They don't need any form of rebuild. They need playoff improvement. And we talked about Morikawa doing that deep dive. And mm-hmm. he's just he said that like 10 minutes after he just won the whole thing. And he's talking about a deep dive. Not really soaking up yeah. the moment there. <laughs> well, as it's <laughs> Enjoy going Enjoy the moment, big guy. Yeah. and Well, he got a question, though, and he was answering it. Right, so, and he was yeah. very very articulately, I might add, if articulately is a word. <laughs> uh, it is for people who are more articulate. He's, so he's talking about that. And they, they've already been that because there's been enough time has passed. We're a month now removed from Well, the, that was what Dennis the, the and, and Jay-Z loss. said in their right. postseason Zoom. We're going to keep it in-house. That's what Dennis said. Yeah. But just a brutally honest assessment of why they came up short. Right. And it, was a, it wasn't a regular season failure. It was a playoff okay. failure. So they have to figure no, out a, how to get better in the playoff. It was a regular season success. Absolutely. To right. have the injuries they had at the end of the year and to still hold on to the top spot for whatever that's worth, hard to give it up once you've had it for so long. Yes. They couldn't accomplish any more in the regular season. They could have won more games, but it wouldn't have changed anything. They were the one seed. They had the best record. And they'll be really good next season if they if they were to bring it all back. But I don't think they will. I think there will be improvement. I won't view it as a rebuild because a mini rebuild, I bet you right well, now I mean, Jay-Z was listening. He said, DJ, don't say that. <laughs> might, we, don't, we don't want that me- that message to be out to Mitchell and Gobert. A re- rebuild ugh, it's just too bad makes me nervous. So what I was really referring to is do you change those three guys in their 30s? If, and to your point, and then I guess the question is, they can. Do you, are you willing to take a little step back no, no, because you're no. going to be better in two years? No. Because we know when you change key parts, and maybe this is part of what informs the whole discussion, when you change key parts, you guys are better when they play together longer. And there's all kinds of, all the people who study this stuff will say, when you have a group together for the second or the third season, you get more improvement as they get more familiar and stuff becomes sure, more automatic. Sure, but Drew Holiday goes to the Bucks, they go to the finals. Chris Paul right. goes that's to one, the Suns, they go to the finals. So that's changing one guy. As opposed to changing three for the Suns, oh, I don't there was think no real three. There was no real risk for the Suns because he'd been down for so long. So you're not risking anything. You're not breaking anything up. Now for the Bucks, well, they'd had the best record in the NBA a couple of years right. ago. They had been, but they a legit made improvement. I said right. the day the one, move was made, they're better. But changing one guy is different than changing three of your top seven. But the point, I get that. I agree with you. The point I'm making, and I don't think they'll move all three. The point I'm making is the move to get Holiday made the Bucks a better team. The thing that gets lost in all of this that uh, Justin and the whole front office have to deal with is you don't control all the cards. 
if you get to make all the decisions, what do you want to do, which is where most sports talk radio discussions start and end. The club that's in the market in whatever sport, if they make all the decisions. But if you have a decision made for you, then how do you react? And in this case, if Conley leaves and you have a chance to flip your other 230-somethings for some really good player who we may not even know is available now, and it makes sense because it feels like an improvement. Do it. Right, but I get how the payoff might not be in the next season. Yeah, but there's no guarantee either way. And that, when I say mini-rebuild, agreed, but when I say mini-rebuild, that's what I'm talking about. And if Conley moves, I get how the idea of, okay, we can't replace him. The way to improve is more movement and to make another deal. And that may not pay off right away, but it could still be the best decision to make. Yeah, but I don't know how you sell Donovan. Hey, man, you just sit. Well, tight he's got to see the possibilities. I don't we're think going to be really good. I don't think you can really or sell him. I think it has to be the kind of thing that just makes sense to someone who plays basketball for a living. Like, okay, there's going to be short-term pain, but I get the long-term game. We'll be great I'm excited this year, about we'll the be possibility. Next year, that's the way. Well, you sell that it. may be how he looks at it, even if it doesn't pan out that way. That may be how he looks at it in the moment. If any of this comes true, because if you get back to the article that starts all this, Matt Moore says uh, a more simplistic look might be the Jazz intend to run it back unless an offer they can't refuse comes along, which it most likely won't. So you're in the front office and you you know what you want to do. And you also plan to react what you'll do based on what other people do. But at the end of the day, the best thing might be to give this core one more shot at it. If what Conley about, comes back, yeah. Which if you, we got to go to break here, but if you bring Conley back, that is a move. Yes, yeah, that's a decision. Absolutely, it's a decision you make and you have control over. So does he, obviously. Yeah. And if they could add one thing, how? And this is a whole other segment. We can get to this later. But if they could add one thing, what if they can find somebody on the market who's been to the mountaintop? Who knows? Moses, who's been in the. Moses, Moses Malone, <laughs> the NBA mountaintop no, big Moses guy. I don't know what last name was. The, Moses, those guys in those uh, in those books, they're kind of like Cher and Madonna. They just went by one name. John, Peter, Paul, Os- Moses. I don't know. Oscar. I don't, I don't Kareem. Know what, I don't know what their names are. Magic. All right. DJ and PK, that's another segment. We'll worry about that another time. Next, we'll worry about Bob Casper coming in here and gloating about his excellent open championship picks. We'll do that with Bob. Next, stay with us. This, this this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Never-ending story is more compelling than short circuit. No, no, stop it. no, stop. Never-ending story would win a poll against short circuit. Guarantee you. I can't even believe I'm putting this poll together. How do you spell circuit? <laughs> By the way, I almost hope... Do what you feel is right, I, I almost hope never-ending story wins, because if short circuit wins, we're going to lose you for the rest of the show. Show memorandum. Let's just euthanize short circuit. My guy is as upset as any time I've ever seen him in the history of this show. Why? Because we speak truth? No more short circuit. Take Johnny Five and put a crowbar to his head. He's done. Disassemble. Johnny Five. No disassemble! Catch Hans and Scotty every day. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.
Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is the Jazz, the Utes, the Cougars. When it comes to the teams that you're passionate about, these guys have got you covered. Hi. This, this is DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This Unit Golf Open Championship Open Championship Update with Bob Casper is brought to you by Mountainland Supply, Zions Bank, Black Desert Resort, and get some guns and ammo. Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio, Saturday morning, six to nine, right here on the Zone Sports Network with his tag team partner Brian Taylor. Bob joins us right now to put a wrap on the Open Championship. And Bob, congratulations are in order. You are the what are you the, the Open? You, Open championship winner? How do how do I phrase this so it sounds like you won the Claret Jug, even though you just won the picks? Well, there's three. Um, we each pick three, so I'm the open championship parlay winner. Yeah, that's oh, it. No, like that's, it. Yeah. that's that's that's, that's the way to phrase that's it. Good. I knew you could do it, Bob. Yeah. Good work. Uh, we finished in the order we drafted. PK picked third. He was at 11 under. I picked second. I was at 18 under. And you powered not by the champion. But by second and third place finishers, Jordan Spieth and John Rahm got to 27 under. So there you go. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and Xander Shoffley shot five under in the final round when he was over par starting the final round. So uh, he finished at three under. So, yeah, it worked out pretty good. I stopped doing the math. I figured if Louie didn't hold on, I wasn't catching you. So I, I stopped worrying about yeah. the math. I literally just did the math a few minutes ago to make sure I had it right. But I knew you were, I knew you were way out there over the horizon. So I guess the question for all of us, because I know we all considered Morikawa as a major champion. You got to at least think about him. The odds on him were decent. Uh, for my part, I just thought, well, he's going over there for the first time. And, the, you know, you just don't win when you go over there the first time. But it wasn't that bizarre or that out of the park. It wasn't the gale force winds and sideways rain and all that stuff. And he putted like a champ. So I yeah, overlooked did. him. Why did you overlook him? Well, um, I think a lot of the same reasons. Uh, you know, I I probably didn't give him um, the credence to uh, to win another major championship so quickly within two years now. Uh, he's won five times with two major championships. But, uh, you know, the thing about Morikawa is he is a really, really good ball striker. He hits the ball well off the tee and, off, and out of the fairway. And uh, his whole bugaboo is putting. So with um, maybe the speed of the greens being a little bit slower, um, it, it allowed him to be a little bit more aggressive with putting and not have to uh, make as many field putts. And um, and because of that, you know, possibly possibly he um, he was able to win because of the putting. But the putting is the big thing for him, and whether he wins um, and when he does putt well, he's right in contention every time. So I heard that he had eight one putts, and he was ranked 124th or something like that. And he yeah. felt felt like that you know, in t- within 10 feet, it was going down. What was the difference? Well, I th- I think that's you know the huge thing is putting is about um, it's more of the the mental part of the game um, putting and and once you get on a roll and once you start feeling really really good with the putter. 
um, then you then you it, it almost like you can fill it up. It's it's like you know it's like a basketball player. Once they start start making three pointers, you know they just they want the ball because they they know they're going to make it every time. So that's that's the way it is with putting. And uh, Morikawa, it was interesting. He was using a normal two-handed grip uh, on his putter for his long putts, but then for his shorter putts, he was using a claw grip, which is which is a palm facing down on the lower hand, and uh, and and he was able to make that work extremely well for him over the weekend. So he's got a couple early now. And we've seen this before with Spieth. We've seen it before with McElroy. Uh-huh. To a certain degree, we've seen it with Kepka. But they all seem to hit the just when they start piling them up. You think, well, they're going to do it. They're going to go on a roll here. They all seem to hit the wall and go two, three, four years without winning. In the case of Rory, it's been seven years now since he won his fourth. And if he finishes with four, that's still a great career. But it just seems like he could be headed for that seven, eight, nine territory, if not more. And it's seven years it hasn't happened. Is Morikawa going to be different? Why do these guys win early and then not win more? What's going on? Well, I think today's golfer wins a lot more earlier um, when they come out, whether it's they're coming from the Web.com tour or whether it's coming, you know, they're coming straight out of out of college and. Um, and are able to get their card by playing in getting sponsors exemptions and playing in a lot of events. You know, we saw three guys come out at the same time, Colin Morikawa um, and uh, Victor Hovland. And um, I'm trying to think of the other one. They all three came out at the same time in in college. And Hovland was the one that everybody thought was going to be the great player. All three of them won in their first year. And Morikawa has kind of outdistanced uh, the other two guys. So, um, you know, it just it, it with golf you can't make predictions. Um, you wanna you wanna try to predict somebody's future and what their potential is going to be in the future. Um, and golf is an individual sport, and you just have to keep watching and see how things unfold with their careers. And um, and this, but this kid's going to be around for a long time. Uh, Jack Nicholas made some comments on. Um, on Facebook and and that kind of thing after Colin Morikawa won. And he said, we're going to be watching this kid for a long time. And we're going to be watching him win lots of golf tournaments. I just enjoyed watching him play down the stretch. I enjoyed watching how he handled adversity down the stretch and, um, and, and was able to, to play, you know, shoot one under par on that back nine to hold off Jordan Spieth. So you speak of Spieth, and we know his track record of he took us by storm a few years back, and then he slumped. Now it seems like he's working his way back. He's still young enough that were that it's not a surprising story. We would expect it actually. So with the 2021 majors being done now, if we're sitting here a year from now, and I tell you Jordan Spieth has won a major, are you surprised? I'm not. I'm not surprised at all. Um Jordan Spieth um, has has worked extremely hard, and he's been vocal about the hard work he's put in um, with his slump, with uh, with where his game has been at the long game, uh, and also his putting. He still feels he's got a lot of work left with his putting, and it needs to continue to get better. Uh, we were seeing flashes of, of the Jordan Spieth that we saw during 
2015 when he took the world by storm and won five times and um, won two majors and had a chance uh, to be uh, to be a winner of the Grand Slam all in in one single year. So um, you know he, he yesterday gets off to a bad start, turns it around with an eagle on seven, and then shoots um, you know makes makes four birdies coming in and has a chance to you know he gets in with within one shot of. Colin Morikawa and has a chance to, you know, if Morikawa slips up, a chance to get, to have an opportunity to win. But Morikawa never did. But Jordan Spieth played extremely well, and it was fun to watch him. So if I told you Rory McIlroy won a major in the next year after a seven-year drought, would you be surprised? I would right now. Um, Rory McIlroy came out and said that if you – um, he's a consummate even par player right now. Um, he's a guy that um, <clears throat> can shoot even par, um, and, but he can't take it real, real deep. Um, and, and he made those comments himself. He's going through swing changes right now. Normally when those swing changes, um, when you're working on things like that, you're still playing, um, it takes. It could take a year, year and a half to two years for those things to really start to settle in to where you start reaping the benefits from it. Um, it did with Tiger Woods, as many swing changes he went through. Um, and I think that's going to be where Rory's at for the next little bit. He did win earlier this year um, at, at Wells Fargo. Um, but as far as the majors are concerned, he gets a little frustrated with himself for um, his lack of ability to get it done. And I think Kepka, who stops uh, concentrating on DeChambeau and ripping him, I think he's going to get it done next year, too. How about you? Well, I think, you know, if if you were to ask me about Kepka, I would say way Kepka more than um, than Rory. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, n- nice round yesterday, five under par, and uh, gets himself back up tied for six. Um, he really kind of uh, unfortunately let, let uh, you know, a, a good opportunity slip away with uh, with a couple of, couple of rounds that were kind of mediocre. But Brooks Kepka loves major championships. He will – in in my opinion, he will be around in major championships for a long, long time. So you believe in Kepka more than Spieth right now? Um, no, I don't. I think I think Spieth is on the rise, and Spieth Spieth has the game to hold off a guy like Brooks Kepka. Um, John Rahm has has the the game to hold off a guy like Brooks Kepka. Those those three guys, Morikawa. Um, it's it's going to be fun because there's going to be a lot of guys in the mix in the majors next year in 2022, and uh, and you're going to you could see every one of those guys win a major next year. So this is uh, the first time that it's, it was supposed to be last year, but we know COVID interrupted everything. That we had the, the right. majors in April, May, June, and July. So we're done. I'm kind of sad that it's done. What do you think yes. of it? Um, you know, everything was moved over, moved forward uh, a few years back because of the Olympics. Now we've got the Olympics coming up here at the end of the month, and then we've got the Ryder Cup. So I think as far as um, golf being done, we've also got um, the playoffs, and we've also got the Tour Championship. Um, so there's still some great, exciting events coming up. But, you know, the, the cherry on on the – on the top is going to be the Ryder Cup coming up at Whistling Straits here um, the, the latter part of September, and I'm, I'm really excited for that one. 
uh, to see the U.S. team see if they can get back the cup. Are you really excited for that one because you're going to Whistling Straits by any chance? Well, I haven't heard back from the from the PGA of America yet, but I'm sure that we'll be there, yes. So the U.S. is only winning the Ryder Cup uh, once a decade lately. What has changed? Is it is it um, is it a, is it not a fair fight because there's golf being played in so many countries? Well, they, once they included Europe, it brought more players into the mix, mm-hmm. and there's there's and, and those European players have come over to the United States to play for the most part, um, and so they're playing on a weekly basis with the best players in the world and have elevated their games, and so I think because of that. Um, it's it's leveled out the playing field, and um, and they kind of look at the Ryder Cup as a fifth major, as far as each individual player is concerned. So I think uh, the U.S. team really needs to uh, really needs to step it up or start stepping it up, and um, and being ready to play when it comes around to the Ryder Cup. And we've got. Um, We've got a good list, a great list of players so far on the Ryder Cup this year. Um, there are six players that Captain Steve Stricker um, get, gets as as automatic, um, and then he gets six captain captains picks. And um, I wouldn't doubt if one of one of those will include Tony Finau. Plus, there'll be a, a bunch of others that are great players that uh, will have an opportunity to play this year on the Ryder Cup. Tony's played extremely well in the Ryder Cup. And the President's Cup, uh, he's played really, really well in major championships, and uh, and had a bunch of opportunities to win this year, but hasn't got it done. Um, but I expect him to be on the team. So I was up at Wasatch over the weekend, and I want to get your thought if you think it's real. And they said next up on the mountain course is the Shank Atusum. I have to believe that was made up, don't you? Um, I don't know. Could have been. Somebody with the last name Shank. And they're playing golf. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I'm with I'm with PK. Know. Made up. Yeah. <laughs> Made up. Yeah. That's I, yeah. I I have college friends and they would always leave uh celebrity names whenever they did table reservations. People just play that game with names. Oh yeah. Oh, but yeah. they always they didn't oh. leave the actor's name, they left the characters names. You know, so so famous characters. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The shank twosome. Yeah, it could have been shank. Are you sure it was shank and not That's, shank? Well, S H E N K. No, he said shank. I heard it. Oh, okay. Because he said shank, shank on deck and then shank on the tee. <laughs> Yep. I guess that's better there than shank off the tee. Hey oh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And you and, and that wasn't your group, was it? No. Oh no, no. Oh, no, okay. that'd just be that's, no, that's no, the no, woods no, no. twosome. <laughs> Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Along with the Eldrick single. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Bob, as always, we appreciate it. Congrats on the win. Brian, by the way, thinks we should change the draft. We can talk about with that with the Masters next spring. But Really? He, well, okay. he didn't mind you getting the first pick, but he mind you getting the first pick in every round. You know, a lot of fantasy football mm. drafts, they do the snake thing. So PK drafting third would then draft fourth. Right. 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 So, mm-hmm. because because PK is at a disadvantage here, as some of the big names disappear off. Yeah, the but board. I make up with the intellect, the brilliance. Yes, yeah. and that's why you wanted to go third yeah. so you could show off. I get that. Yeah.
Yeah, exactly. It's like handicaps in golf. <laughs> That's all. Okay, but you've come in third the last two majors since you instituted your new scoring if system. If you ain't first, you might as well be last. <laughs> last. What's the difference? Especially when there's only three. <laughs> Jeez. All right, DJ and PK. Thank you, Bob. Bob Casper, Brian right, Taylor. Guys. Take care. S- Saturday mornings, Real Golf Radio, 6 to 9 a.m. right here on the Zone Sports Network. Give them a listen. And, of course, everything's available later, later at 1280thezone.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, is coming up in 15 minutes. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. I never thought Notre Dame would ever play the home game. It owes BYU. Be a reason. They're Notre Dame. They don't really have to. But why'd they sign the contract in the first place? They're supposed to hold up your end of the deal. (laughs) One time I went to Ocean City with a bunch of my friends. A bunch of people were walking by. And we got to change into our beach gear. And so a couple of the guys were holding towels up. All of a sudden, one of them dropped a towel. You're not holding up your end of the deal here. We held up the towel for you. Now Notre Dame is dropping the towel. And there BYU sits naked as can be. Oh, that was a long way to go to get there. The point is, Notre Dame should live up to that deal. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, in the Zone Sports Network. And now, really? your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. Really? Booker, driving, chicken wings again, in the lane, Holiday rips it away! 16 seconds to go to Giannis, slam it! How about that? It's Drew Holiday with the steal, taking it away from Booker. That is the Chevy Strong play of the game. Know it today at 450 on the big show, and you can win fabulous prizes. It's not just a play of the game, it's the play of the sport forever. <laughs> It is. I love it when you do this. (laughs) It's the truth. How do you say this when you don't really believe it? I believe it with every fiber of my being and every being of my fiber. And I believe that people (laughs) who are new to the show might even buy what you're saying. We've never seen a play like that. The people who've been with us for years and years are laughing. No, they're not laughing. laughing. They are too laughing. They're they're nodding in agreement is what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah, that's right, PK. That's how they're laughing. Shout out to a couple other people on that play. Booker stops and spins backs, and and Holiday rips the ball away from him. P.J. Tucker moving to stay in front of him, not easy, underrated. PJ isn't going to get much of a shout out for that. And Anta Kimball was looming there to block a shot. He was looming. So I got three guys. So if Holiday doesn't mm-hmm. pull that ball away, I've got three guys on one. I ain't no math major, but that leads me to believe there might be some other guys open. An excellent point by you. So I got three guys on one. You never played the game. Oh, I've coached it. <laughs> never played it. No. Drew Drew left his guy to go get that ball. How many times have you ever seen somebody just? But I don't think he knew Drew was going to be away. there when he turned around. Doesn't matter. How many oh, times? It's, un- is- it's unusual. I mean, I've seen it, but it's unusual. Oh, very rarely with the 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 championship on the line. Well, no with less. the championship on the line, Come then you can rule on. out a lot of plays. <laughs> and that was right there, and he swipes, not swipes, just. No, aggressively he, a, yeah, he ripped. No, that was ripped steals it yeah to have that he true holiday uh, Giannis Yanni's gonna win the MVP if the Bucks win fine but holiday's the difference maker 
He's the difference maker on this team. That's what we're talking about with the Jazz. Go, you, you don't necessarily need the skill set of a Drew Holiday, but go get an impact player, the quality of Drew Holiday, because he's made the difference. Yanni's Yanni. They were the other saying, guy, Middleton's yeah. Middleton. But it was, Holiday's doing it. Uh, I can't remember if it was someone I saw afterwards talking about it, or I think it was on the broadcast, but maybe it was afterwards. But they were saying that in Milwaukee, they referred to him as the missing piece. He was the missing piece. MP? With the greatest defensive play <laughs> of all time. Yes. I mean, I don't know how you argue we should, that. We should, uh, we should have some kind of tournament to decide that. Get a bunch of famous defensive plays. Yeah, but you're going to get a block here Onto and a block Kempo there. And LeBron with their blocks, yeah, right? Havlicek stole the ball and Isaiah stolen by Bird. Over to DJ lays it in. I love We've had Bose. intercepted passes all the time. That's no big deal. But we haven't had a play like this. Jordan stealing the ball from Malone's going to go on the list. Right. Beneath it. <laughs> well, we have to wait and see how the battle in the tournament. The March Madness right. next year. The 64, the 64 defensive play bracket. You could see those types of plays almost every game. A player's dribbling the ball up, and you could see it on the TV screen. Here comes the uh, defender from behind, and he pokes oh, the ball away. Oh, we can throw that in. Yeah, but Jordan see, get it poked away from behind. He doesn't know. That, that he was there. Right. And so Malone doesn't know that Jordan's Jordan was there. there. Right. Booker knew. No, I don't think he did. Oh, he did too. When he spins, they, he doesn't they, know he Drew's going to be there. So, but at the time of the ball, this is Whittingham was just going nuts. And I haven't spoken to him about it. This was mano y mano. Yeah. Now that in Spanish means one-on-one. Stay with me here. I'm tougher than you. I'm stronger than you. I will wrestle the ball away. At I the surprised point, you because you didn't know I was going to oh, be there. Surprise! Get at it. so you spin and no one's there, and right. you're right in the lane amongst everybody, and you spin and you don't know somebody's going to be there. Are you that stupid? It's, I mean, it's I realize you 90s. only went the one year to college, it's but come not the, on, it's not the '90s anymore, PK. There oh, are a lot of people in. News. The, Did you know there that, are a Alex? lot of people in the paint. They're matched up at the three-point shooters. It's not the 80s or the 90s anymore. Did you? When were you born, Alex? I was born in 89. Right. So you lived the entirety of the 90s. You could speak from experience. Isn't it obvious that the 90s are not here anymore? So as someone who's born in Did 89. Did we know that? Are you a Utah lifer? I am, yeah. So that makes you just about the right age to cry either when Stockton hits the shot or when Jordan hits the shot or both. I remember both very distinctly. So yeah, come on, it's not the '90s anymore. And when you're when you're going to the basket, everybody collapses in that situation. No, when sometimes had, they stick to three point shooters. Who the hell are you gonna pass it to? Nobody's taking a shot in 45 minutes for the Suns. That it was will Booker. be a debate on Phoenix Radio today when you go to the it gym. It was Booker all that, the way. That will be a debate. Sell out on Booker. I can't. Well, I can't listen today. My heart is broken. Why is your heart broken? We lost. You're not a fan. You have lectured us on that. I've got. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of sports. You've lectured us on that of sports, I'm but not, not a of fan teams. of winning, losing. I'm right. a fan. So of why teams. would your heart be broken? Because my sister tweeted me two or texted me two seconds later. She's my blood. <laughs> that sounded gruesome. <laughs> She's my blood. Ooh. There's only two other people on the planet who share 
the exact blood as me. Yes. Your two sisters in Arizona. Come on. So I'm not feeling. Did they You're both- the cold fish, not me. <laughs> I'm the tender heart. Oh, okay. You sound pretty tender right now. I, I agree. <laughs> if tenderizing a steak with a mallet is tender, that's Love BK tender. Oh, yikes. <laughs> Steve Cleveland coming up next, our basketball insider. Stay with us, moron. We're going to find out if he thinks it's the greatest defensive play ever. If he's got a brain. <laughs> oh, okay. Steve's next. Stay with us.